Hello and welcome to another James Bond podcast. On this podcast, we will be watching and lightheartedly reviewing the Bond films. We're going to discuss the good stuff, the bad stuff, the cool stuff, and the ridiculous stuff. I'm Corey, and I'm a James Bond fan. And I'm Danielle, and I'm aware that James Bond is a thing. Like a lot of people in the Bond community and podcasting communities, I guess, and every other kind of content creator type situation, um, you know, life got busy. I got promoted at work. Um, so that's pretty much completely taken over my entire life. Uh, so that's pretty much what I've been doing for the last while. Um, retail life is a very, very busy life. I'll be honest, I thought I would just sort of uh, come on and be your own personal Blofeld. I am a bald man with not one, but two white cats. So I thought, well, what a great opportunity to commit podcast suicide and be the bad guy. Hopefully after I voice my opinion, you know, you guys will still come back. It is, after all, just my opinion, and really it should only matter to myself, because, hey, it's my opinion. I just wanted to talk about the Bond book situation, like uh, a lot of people are discussing right now. Fleming Productions have come out making the decision to quote-unquote clean up the books a little bit. It's a very unpopular decision in the community, and I can definitely understand why some people are really heated about this. Most of it seems to be fairly negative opinions on the situation, which is, again, hey, it's your opinion. You're completely entitled. These books really mean a lot to a lot of people, but I think you should think about that for a second. Most of us in the Bond community are, I'll just come right out and say it, white dudes. If you think of derogatory or hurtful terms for white folk, there's not really a whole lot. None of them that really have the impact um, that a lot of racial comments have, especially this day and age, because I do... I do realize that, you know, words like the N-word, for example, have definitely a stronger connotation that they may have back in the past. Language does evolve, and I have very, very recently, reading the books, dove through them all, like completely cover to cover, front to back. I'm lying. It was all audiobook. I've completely enjoyed them. Uh, I still have them all on my phone. It is working very slowly. I should probably remove some of them. Absolutely love them. I have I do a lot of driving, and I have a lot of time at work before the store is open. Also, I have two jobs. So when I'm working my other job. I don't even want to talk to anybody. I just want people to stay away from me entirely at my second job. So I've been diving into all the Bond books, and I've actually moved on to you know books like Colonel Sun. Um, oh, I can't even remember what I just finished. Um, loving everything so far. Great things to say. That said, as a privileged white male, I'm 44. Uh, I don't think I'm too young or too old or too disconnected or, or too sensitive. It's, you know, there is some text in there that is actually kind of difficult to hear, or in your case, if you read the books, read. I can honestly see how, as a business, the publishers and Ian Fleming Productions or Publications, whatever the hell they call it, I can understand why they're making the changes they're making. Because really, if you think of it, books are a business. Yes, they're an art form. Sure, they're an art form, and I understand that. Uh, as a person who likes to sort of create music, uh, I, one of my best friends is a painter. I have friends that work in film. I have friends that are writers. I understand that it's an artwork, but it's also a business. And for something to thrive, you need people to consume it. And a very, very large part 
of something to thrive or, or business to take off. For a brand or a business to thrive, they need to evolve. They need to get with the times. They need to bring in more people. I have my physical copies of the in-funding books, and it's not a question of me buying more books. It's a question of them selling more books. They just they need more people to buy them. It's just that simple. They're not coming to my house and, and taking my Ian Fleming books from me. They're not coming to your house to take yours. I don't think that anybody's labeling Ian Fleming as a racist or myself as a racist for enjoying the books or anything like that. I think this is, it's an evolution and it's a business decision. Now, I honestly think what should happen is that two versions of the publications should be available at all times. If you want to get the original, get the original. If you want to get the new, then get the new. Nobody's being hurt either way because a new reader might pick up the less offensive copy. And an old reader, if you, you know, yours is tattered or you had a flood or something, I don't know why you're replacing your Ian Fleming books. I don't know. But you can buy the, you should buy the old one or pick a used one up in a store or something like that. Maybe there's a special cover you want to buy. So you get it from a collector or eBay or something. I just feel like there's going to be options. So there's no need to get too excited. I just think that if I have my copies of the book, somebody coming into the community, I think they should have an option of picking up a book that's going to be easier to read. Obviously, Live and Let Die is kind of the one that everybody's talking about, but there are times in the other novels where I'm, you know, listening to it in my car, and it's kind of like, ugh, you know, that little millisecond of it. Really? Did that have to be said? You know, like, I don't need to know if it's a, to quote the books, like, a Negro cab driver. It's just a cab driver. It's just a person. You don't need to use color as an identifier. For me, that was the biggest sort of repetitive thing that I got from the Fleming books. And that's not racist. It's just how he identified people. And that's okay, but it's it makes for an easier read. It makes for my head a little bit easier to process. If it's just the cab driver, the sailor, uh, the ship's captain, I don't need identifiers of what color they are or what religion they are. Again, I don't feel like it's being racist. It's just what he used to describe people. And that's perfectly okay. It's just a little icky, I guess. Maybe I am too sensitive. Whatever. I just think it's really important that at the end of the day, I don't really feel like as a privileged white male who's never been persecuted for anything other than having a bald head maybe or being a cat guy. I don't know. I have a dog now too, so whatever. I don't really feel like I'm in a huge position to get too excited because I don't know what other people have experienced in their lifetime. So if a person wants to read a Bond book that's, you know, maybe a little tamer, I, I just think that it should be okay for that person to read the book and not have to take pause or have that sort of second thought, like what's happening here? You should just be able to free to read the book and move on to the next one and fall in love with it like we all have. I just think it's really difficult for me to put myself in someone else's shoes that has undergone persecution for the color of their skin, but, you know, wants to engage in something from 007. And there's talk of the audience it was intended for and all that stuff. I don't buy that because I don't think the books or any book or any piece of art is made specifically for one race or religious sect or whatever to digest. Art and all that stuff should just be for everyone, plain and simple. Anyways, I didn't have any talking points. It just kind of was like, you know, my two cents. I don't really feel like my opinion should matter to anybody else but me. 
we all have our opinions. We all have assholes. Whatever. <laughs> As the old saying goes. Is it that old? I'm not sure. It is morning here, so, you know, I, I don't want to be pissing in anybody's cornflakes. I think for the most part, the Bond community, we're all friends. I've never personally attacked anybody for their beliefs or whatever. As far as I know, uh, and if I have, call me out. I don't care. That's fine by me. I just think the decision is an opportunity to open up the Bond world to everyone comfortably. Books should be challenging. Art should be challenging. It is supposed to create a reaction. It's supposed to stir up something in your emotions. And I don't really feel like this is necessarily an emotion or reaction that some people should have to experience when they're consuming their art. It is an art form, but it is also a business. And like I said, for business to thrive, you have to move units. It's just that simple. But whatever. But whatever. That aside, I want to move on to this whole no bond casting bond 26 business that's happening right now. Which is also really bad timing for the whole Fleming Productions thing to come out or publications thing to come out and the whole Barbara Broccoli saying that they don't have a new Bond or a new script. Basically, <laughs> it's really bad timing because Barbara's kind of pissing everybody off by saying, well, we haven't really been all that busy. So that's getting people riled up. And then Ian Fleming Publications is coming out saying, hey, we're going to clean the books up a little bit. People are already fired up. You should have waited a couple of weeks, maybe a month before you made that announcement. Just saying, pump the brakes a little bit. But also Barbara... Maybe get on the gas pedal. First of all, she says that there's no script. Of course there's no script. Because Purvis and Wade are probably at the hairdresser getting their hair done. Because really, what's going on with their heads, I don't know. I just think that there's a momentum happening right now. Or we're probably on the tail end of that momentum right now, I guess. Because things are starting to slow down. But I mean, in terms of Bond and, you know, product releases and, and you know, Daniel Craig just doing Glass Onion and Omega coming out with a new watch, now is the time to sort of keep those fires burning, I feel, and start stringing us along with a bit of stuff, some releases, you know, it's the anniversary, so let's get some stuff out, let's, um, you know, start working on the cast, let's start working on scripts, maybe give us a little bit of insight on this, that, and the other thing. Obviously, we don't want it rushed because we want a quality product, but at the same time, we still want product, like, <laughs> give us something. At least something we can afford. I don't need a $12,000 pinball machine or a $4,500 fountain pen. Anyways, I don't make that much money. But yeah, I just, I just feel like they should be striking while the iron's hot. There's still talk happening in the Bond community. Uh, there's still talk going on with 007 and, and cast rumors and stuff. And, and, you know, a cast member just a couple of weeks ago was saying that, oh, they haven't called me. I don't think this is going to happen. And then we've got, you know... Taryn Egerton saying, like, oh, they didn't call me. I've never been considered. Like, there's just constantly chatter around 007. So somebody, maybe it's just the media, maybe it's just the fans, somebody's kind of keeping it going. Somebody's kind of keeping it alive. It just seems very disconnected to not keep that going, keep momentum going. And maybe, you know, maybe bring in some writers that are different. Maybe. I'm a little worried. Actually, getting back to the books real quick, not in a whole political... Well, this is actually another evil stance I'm going to take because I don't feel like a lot of people really agree with me. Now that Amazon owns Bond or whatever the hell's happening there and having just finished all the books, all the originals, as great as the films are, and they are all great, they're all very flawed and very dated, and very kitschy and very funny and, and too serious and, 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 and this and that and the other thing, they are all great. I really feel like the books should be revisited for some visual medium. 
So I talked to Matt Spazer in chats in the past about the idea of period bond. And the reason why I say Matt, because Matt knows the suits and the fashions and stuff. And, and I sort of pitched the idea of, you know, the costume designers or the people around Mad Men, like hiring them to get some of the suits and the wardrobes right, because Mad Men looked incredible. I just thought that I would personally really love to see the books make their way to the screen, to those amazing story arcs and ideas that Fleming had put out because there's some amazing stuff that was rearranged and never made its way to the films you know like Moonraker goes off in a completely different direction and it just just stuff like that each film has some things in them that just couldn't probably work on film at the time that would really love to see revisited and also that would give us this opportunity to ingest more content you could have your they could actually do Ian Fleming Presents 007 Casino Royale and do a series, do a miniseries for one book. And then we'll get our new Bond film in the theater. And then we could stop this debate of keep it in the theater, release it to home video. Do people still say home video? I don't know. But you could do that. You could juxtaposition the proper telling of the stories in book form and then keep us going with new films. And that way we'd always have some kind of rolling content with Bond. And we could also have a rolling content on who we want to see as Bond actors. You could throw Taron Egerton into a season of whatever, like, hey, Ian Fleming presents Casino Royale, and you could chuck whoever you want in there. And then you could do Dr. No, and Aaron Taylor-Johnson could play James Bond for a miniseries, and just have it roll like that. I know I'm kind of being hypocritical because I'm saying, hey, put the films, put the books up on my TV screen the way they're intended. Yeah, okay, whatever, I get it. But at the same time, I just feel like it's a missed opportunity because there are some amazing, amazing, amazing things in those books that just really blew my mind when I was reading them. And I feel such a shame because they never made it to the films. There's too much cut out and rearranged and stuff borrowed from one and slapped into another. And there's just a lot of missed opportunity there. But I am wondering if this is just Barbara's way of sort of leading us astray. Maybe they picked Cavill and they want us to stop saying the name so we can be all surprised when it finally happens. Oh, they did pick Cavill. Oh, look at that. Not my choice. I don't know. I just think it'd be kind of interesting if they just kept the ball rolling and gave us some some more Bond. Because it's about time. No Time to Die went into the can years ago and then took years to come to cinema. I think we're ready. Hopefully it's not 2025 before the next one goes in production. It'd be nice to have just a, maybe a little bit of production started by the summer, perhaps? I guess in the long run, we should just trust them to give us a proper reboot of the franchise and to see what direction they take it. I was a big fan of the Craig run. I think Casino Royale was a really nice reboot off of the Pierce era. And I think Pierce was a really nice reboot off of Timothy Dalton as well. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm just going to put my trust in them, but I really hope they hurry the hell up because I'm very impatient. But hey, they shouldn't care about my opinion either or my impatience. So, there you go. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to come out and sort of... Say hi to everybody. I'm going to be working on some new stuff here and there. Um, if anybody still listens after this episode, who knows? <laughs> Although there hasn't been anything to listen to since No Time to Die came out anyways, but whatever. Planning on revisiting a seven-part chat with some folks in the community, if they're still willing. Uh, that was a discussion that was had in 2022. Uh, it is now 2023, so oops. But, you know, hey, retail, Christmas, you probably get it. I'm going to try to incorporate some budget bond stuff into an episode or two. I did do a teaser about a budget bond car, which will be very laughable and probably make me even more of a Blofeld for the community. But whatever, I'll take that uh, position if I have to. Small car, little horsepower, 
not the best way to promote a Bond vehicle, but there's been low horsepower in small cars before. Lotus, the 2CV, eh, it's fine. But yeah, just thought I'd say hi and uh, hope everybody's well. And I hope not to get any negative <laughs> fan mail about this. But, you know, whatever. Just got to do what we do and move on, I guess. Hope to talk to you all soon and take care. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate, like, and subscribe. If you're looking for a little bit more content, you can find us on Instagram at Another James Bond Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, which we would love to hear from you, you can contact us at anotherjbpod at gmail.com. Thank you.